I remember when I first started hosting on Airbnb, which was a year ago, I had no real clue how things were going to go, but I was armed with the intensive amount of research that I had put into it. I felt good about getting started. Within 24 hours of listing our first property, we were booked and it hasn't stopped since. The five-star reviews have been consistent and the written reviews have been glowing. But even with all this, everyone makes mistakes. I've certainly made my share. Welcome to another episode of the Superstar Superhost Podcast. I'm your host, Lola, co-owner of Lux House and Home and a five-star superhost with Airbnb. This episode goes into what I've seen to be the top four mistakes that new hosts make when listing on Airbnb. There are many other things to cover, but these are the ones I see and hear about over and over again. Let's get right into it. The first major mistake that I keep seeing and unfortunately can't unsee is having a bad listing. What does that mean, a bad listing? Well, it means a few things, starting with horrible photos, dark, misaligned, overexposed, overfiltered, unprofessional, poorly executed photos. Some examples, real life examples that I've seen of bad photos are pictures with too many personal effects in the shot or pictures of rooms that are not even staged. So the dirty plate you just ate breakfast from is still on the table with the used fork in the picture. Or the bed is not made. Seriously? Or the bathroom shot where all the brands of all the products are fully displayed. Listerine, Colgate, Dove, Shea Butter, all of it just piled on the bathroom counter. Then, let's talk about the quality of the photography. iPhones with even the most advanced cameras are only as good as the person taking the photo. So work on your angles, get your widescreen footage in order, adjust your position to get the best lighting, and if any of this sounds too cumbersome for you, just pay a professional to handle it. It's worth it. This is not the area to cut corners. It can greatly cost you in bookings. But okay, let's get away from the negatives and talk about what makes for a good photographic story on your listing. Before you hire anyone to take any pictures at all, make sure that every space in the home is photo ready. This means sparkling clean, furniture is strategically placed to show its best features, decorative items are placed accordingly, remove excessive and unnecessary items, especially personal effects, make the beds like hotels do, tuck your corners, smooth your sheets, fluff the pillows, and open all curtains to let as much natural light in as possible. This is called staging and it's important. Once it's time for the photography, be there with the professional if you can and be ready to move things around if need be to get the best shot. For instance, maybe the table plant would look better on the side table versus the coffee table. You can always move it back later, but photo shoot day is all about capturing the home at its absolute best. And don't be afraid to ask the photographer to take photos of other things that you may want to focus on. I personally love close-ups of decorative details, such as the wall decor we use in our properties or the oversized games that we feature. Professionals know how to make those types of detailed pictures look artistic and perfect for your listing. Work with them and get the best images possible. After all, you are paying for it. And if you have trouble finding a professional on your own, check into the service that Airbnb provides. The link in the show notes will help you get started. There are also some other types of images that you, the host, should consider adding to your listing, such as an image or two of the most popular area attractions, such as major sports arenas, a well-known tourist area, or a popular eatery. I've seen some hosts even add a photo of the floor plan of the house, which I actually think is a great idea, and I plan on doing that for our properties as well. Floorplan.com should be helpful with this. 
Another image that I want to create is a Google Maps image with all the pins of the local attractions and their distances to the house. I get enough questions from potential guests about this, so I think it would be worth doing. Of course, I list the distances in my description, but I think people would rather see a picture before they read. Moving on to another thing that makes a bad listing is the description. Three main parts of a solid description are the wording about the space, the wording about the neighborhood, and the wording about the house rules. Every part needs to be clear and concise, but detailed enough to answer the majority of what most guests would ask. Airbnb separates the listing description into these parts so that you can be specific about each one respectively. The section about the home should be focused on things having to do with the home. Likewise, the section about the neighborhood should be focused on things having to do with the neighborhood. Follow the guidelines because it will make it much simpler for the guests to understand as they are reading through your listing. When talking about your home, highlight the positives and only mention the negatives if it will have an effect on the guest reservation or stay in your home. For example, if the home is at the top floor of a building with no elevator, you will need to mention that. Several people have mobility issues, and if they arrive to find out that they have to climb up and down stairs every day, that's a negative review waiting to happen, simply because they weren't made aware of it. Don't be wordy and over-descriptive. Paint the picture of a lovely home to stay in, yet be clear about anything the guest should know for the sake of transparency. As for the neighborhood portion of the listing description, this is a great way to sell it. Mention all the good stuff like local parks, food truck parks, local bars, easy access to the highway, not far from shopping, etc., etc. This is the perfect time to list the actual time or miles from the home to the more popular attractions. Keep this simple. State the name of the attraction, put a space, and then state the distance. For example, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, 20 minutes or 18 miles, whatever it is, just state it simply. And finally, the house rules section. If you've been listening to my podcast since the first episode, you know how seriously I take the house rules. I cannot say it enough. Be very clear about this. Do not mince words. If you have a rule about smoking, be direct and specific. Don't just say no smoking. Every guest will interpret that differently. No smoking what? Cigarettes? So is weed okay? Or is weed off the table but cigars are cool? Can I smoke inside? What about hookah? What about vaping? Be super clear about things like this. Let's do a quick exercise on poorly written house rules versus well-written house rules. We'll start with a smoking example. Poorly written, no smoking. Well-written, no smoking of any kind inside the home. If smoking occurs outside of the home, use the designated ashtrays and empty it out upon departure. No illegal substances should be used under any circumstances during your stay. Here's another one. Poorly written. No parties. Well written. No parties. A party is 10 or more people in the home or outside of the home. If a party takes place, authorities will be notified and the extra guests will be asked to leave the home. No refunds will be provided for violation of this rule. So hopefully you get the idea here. Spell it out and assume that the person reading the rules needs as much detail as possible. Protect yourself as a host and your home as an investment. All right, it's time to move on to the second major mistake that hosts make, and that is using static pricing versus dynamic pricing. If you don't know the difference, here's a quick breakdown. Static pricing is exactly that. Prices that do not change ever, no matter what is happening only if the host goes in and changes it manually. But that's not a good use of time, nor is it beneficial to the bottom line. I think many hosts do this simply because they don't know about the other options or they are not that committed to making the maximum dollar available to them. I'm not really sure. 
Dynamic pricing, as the name suggests, is when the prices are set based on outside factors such as demand, events in the area, seasonality, the neighborhood where the home is located, and so much more. Naturally, the prices will change regularly as these factors are not all constant. Of course, there is absolutely no way that one single person could keep up with all these changes and make pricing decisions based on data points that they don't even have. So thank goodness there are dynamic pricing tools or apps that do the work for you. The concept and technology behind these tools have been used in hotels since the beginning of time. It's nothing new, but there are some companies who specialize in dynamic price setting for short-term rentals specifically. The top three, as of the recording of this podcast, are... Beyond Pricing, Wheelhouse, and Price Labs. At Lux House and Home, we use Beyond Pricing and we absolutely love it. It was recommended by our mentor and we just started using it. But I did look into the other one so that I could provide a cost and quality comparison for you. Links will also be left in the show notes for each one. Let's start with Beyond Pricing. Beyond Pricing calculates the optimal price for each day in your calendar based on historic performance of your listing, performance of nearby listings, and daily demand, which is based on hotel prices, flight data, and conferences. My favorite feature of the app is that it connects to my Airbnb calendar seamlessly and syncs the prices automatically and regularly. It makes price adjustments super easy for me. I can also set my own base prices according to what I personally think the home is worth per night. Then, Beyond Pricing will adjust my prices up or down from that base price. So essentially, I always maintain total control over my general pricing strategy. So an example could be that Beyond Pricing suggests that I charge around $175 per night based on their data-driven factors. I personally know that the home has an advanced aromatherapy and steam shower experience in the master bath, and people will pay more for that. So I can simply set my base price for, say, $195, and Beyond Pricing will start adjusting from there. And if you're wondering, Beyond Pricing charges 1% of whatever you get paid from Airbnb in a month. So if you make $2,420 in August, then Beyond Pricing will charge you $24.20. That's it. Absolutely worth it when you consider how much you leave on the table if you stick with static pricing. And even better, if you get a cancellation during the month, Beyond Pricing will not charge for that as income. Another pricing tool that seems to be well-received and popular is Wheelhouse. Wheelhouse is an interesting pricing tool because not only does it change the pricing based on data-driven factors, but it also personalizes its pricing based on the rental. What makes Wheelhouse unique is that it doesn't take the one-size-fits-all approach that its competitors usually do. If you have fewer than 10 properties, Wheelhouse starts at 1% per automated booking. The last popular pricing tool that we'll talk about today is Price Labs. The major difference between Price Labs and other dynamic pricing tools is how they charge. They just charge a flat fee per month no matter what you bring in, starting at $19.99 per month. But just as the others, you can still specify base, minimum, and maximum prices, then edit customizations to set pricing and minimum stay rules in case you want to override their recommendations. It also tracks supply and demand in the area, so when more people are coming in for special events, it uses this algorithm to increase prices accordingly. And for those of you who use Logify for your website, Price Labs fully integrates with that. Regardless of which tool you use, please use something. 
Yes, Airbnb itself offers a free tool called Smart Pricing, but unfortunately, there's nothing smart about it. It's not nearly as dynamic as these others that I've mentioned, if at all. You can set a minimum price and a maximum price, but you can't set a base price. So with just that shortcoming, dynamic pricing is not really an option here. Another issue with Smart Pricing via Airbnb is that Airbnb will always have their own best interest in mind. So the tool skews towards setting prices much lower than your home is actually worth. Why? Because Airbnb wants to make the listing price attractive in an effort to get more bookings and in turn be paid more in fees. Problem is that even if you may get more bookings, it's only because your price is too low, which will likely attract lower quality guests. Your goal as a super host is to maximize profits not the occupancy rate. And you can do that successfully with a true dynamic tool. After this short break, we will talk about the third mistake that many new and even experienced hosts make when listing on Airbnb. At Lux House and Home, our decor is specifically noted by guests who have stayed with us. We've had people literally ask us to decorate their own homes. Well, I don't know about getting into that business, but I am always, always happy to share my knowledge about anything I've found to be useful in our Airbnbs. Check out the show notes for my affiliate links to Amazon for things that I've personally purchased and have worked very well for us. I only recommend what has proven to be great quality. I hope you get the same results. And remember, Lux House and Home is part of a sharing community. Follow us and follow the journey. Okay, the third mistake that many hosts make is poor communication. And this covers a few things, mainly the timeliness of your responses to inquiries for a booking, the tone of your responses, and how or if you respond to reviews at all. So when a potential guest sends you a request to book or an inquiry about the listing, Airbnb starts a timer for 24 hours for you to respond. Let me start off by saying that even though you have 24 hours, that doesn't mean you should take that long. 24 hours is far too long to respond to an inquiry. In fact, anything over 30 minutes is risking that the guest will find somewhere else to book and that's money lost on your part. Try to respond in less than 15 minutes. Of course, we all get caught up sometimes and it won't always be possible but do your best to respond to most inquiries quickly. But if you are truly that busy, then take the time to invest in a decent auto communication tool. I personally use Smart B&B and it's been working very well for me. Since I use this app, I never have to worry about a guest getting no response. No matter what comes into my Airbnb messenger, a response goes out within five minutes via Smart B&B. It's very easy to use and you can link up to two properties for $18 a month. Worth every penny. I can't tell you how many times I've checked my phone to see that I missed an inquiry message, but Smart B&B already responded in time. At that point, I need to only go in and specifically address the question. So a real example is a guest sends a request with a message such as, Hey, love your home. I'd love to book for a week. Is that possible? Okay, so assuming that I was busy or I missed that message, within five minutes, Smart B&B already sent a response, which I previously set up saying, hi, guest name, thank you for your inquiry. I wanted to let you know that I received it and I will get back with you shortly so that you can plan your travel accordingly. Thank you. So you see, even though the actual question was not answered, something was sent so the potential guest doesn't hear crickets and move on to another listing. It's simple and you can create all kinds of automated messages to be sent at specific times 
to specific types of requests and inquiries. And that leads me to talk about the tone of your messages. How many hosts have I seen sending one word curt responses like, okay, yes, no, I don't know. Please remember that as a host, and especially if you want to be a superstar superhost, that you are a part of the hospitality industry now. So be hospitable. Let's do that exercise again about good responses versus bad responses. Let's say a guest inquires about the booking with, love the home. Do you have TVs in each room? Bad response. Yes, we do. Good response. Hi, thanks for considering us. Yes, we do have TVs in each room, and they all offer streaming capabilities for apps like Netflix or Hulu. Please let me know if you have any more questions. Here's another example. Guest says, Hi, I want to book your home for a party of about 15 guests. I know you said over 10 people is not allowed, but would it be okay if I pay for the extra 5 guests? Bad response. No, no parties allowed. Good response. Hi, thanks for considering us. We impose guest limits for reasons related to safety and capacity restrictions, so we will not be able to accommodate your request. However, we do sincerely hope you find a listing that better suits your needs. Again, thank you. So my point with that example is to show you that even if you are rejecting a booking, you should still be respectful and kind in your tone. Say no with a smile. Let's move on now to another sign of poor communication, and that is the lack of response to reviews. I really don't like when I see this. Or worse, the host only responds to the negative reviews and says nothing about the positive ones. All reviews should be responded to, no matter what. It says a lot about you as a host when you do this. Imagine being a potential guest scrolling through the listings reviews and you see all these positive ones and no response from the host. You can't envision the host as a real human. You are detached from the host. But then imagine there are responses and practically every one of them is positive and kindly thanking the guest and even occasionally mentioning something specific about the guest, such as, we really appreciate that you helped us water our plants. This makes the host look friendly, easy to work with, and best of all, responsive. Writing a response to a review is very easy and very fast. There really is no reason not to stay on top of this. It won't hurt you if you don't respond, but it could definitely help you, so why not? And speaking of reviews, it's that time again. This review comes from Nikki. Lola is the best ever. She made me feel important and it was an honor to stay at the property. It was warm and inviting and I felt very safe and secure. It felt like home. It was like being in a luxury hotel. The surprises and thoughtful touches to the home meant the world to me. Sweet. Thank you, Nikki. I actually remember her very well. She was a superb guest and she was having a birthday dinner for her husband. I helped set up balloons and cupcakes and champagne before she arrived and she really appreciated that. Just another example of under-promising and over-delivering. I am happy to share specifics and more detail about how I maintain superstar superhost status if you want. Shoot me an email found in the show notes and I'll get it to you. In the meantime, please subscribe and share this podcast with everyone you know and leave me a five-star review. Thank you for listening and for following the journey with Lux House and Home. Till next time. <laughs>